Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the View podcast. I'm Akshara and I head customer marketing here at View.ai. Today's podcast guest is Dave Palmer, COO of Yoga Club. Yoga Club is a subscription box that brings its shoppers branded activewear outfits at half the price. Before he founded Yoga Club, he was also the founder of Stealth Venture Labs and has over two decades of marketing experience in companies like Dedicated Media and Venture Commerce. Welcome, Dave. We're very, very excited to have you on our podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much, Akshara. Fantastic. So, Dave, you say that, you know, Yoga Club is more than an apparel brand. Um, You say we're a movement created to empower your active lifestyle. Can you tell us, uh, you know, what inspired you to venture into the subscription box business? And why did you feel like athleisure and active wear was the right category to explore? Ah, awesome. So um, back a few years ago now, uh, I was running a venture lab with a few friends. And we were busy working in the subscription space, um, doing very well, scaling companies, bringing all of our sort of superpowers to bear. And um, we'd been very, very successful with a few big names. Um, and we started thinking, you know, hey, we could be we could be doing this for ourselves. Um, at the same time, um, we'd, lit, we'd witnessed uh, the sort of fundamental change in how women dress. Um, people are shopping for comf- comfort way more these days. Um, and yoga pants and active wear had firmly taken over from denim and was the everyday wear of virtually everyone we could see. So, um, you know, we, we, we knew that there was an opportunity there. Um, we wanted to do something very authentic and uh, honest in the uh, athleisure space. So, you know, we, we put together an MVP. And um, we said to ourselves, you know, if we do X amount of sales in a weekend, we'll do this business. Sorry, you know, you know, in a month, we'll do this uh, business. And we ended up doing um, that volume of sales in a weekend. So we kind of knew we were on. Oh, wow. Yeah, we knew we were on to something. And then as is the story with a lot of startups, you know, you move fast, you grow fast, you break things, you have to stay agile. So that's, uh, that's been the story for the last two years. And, you know, I've uh, just popped my head up for the first time to speak to you. Oh, fantastic. I'm I'm really excited that you decided to do this podcast with us. You know, um, Dave, the number of subscription boxes continues to grow year over year. Um, I recently read somewhere that nearly 47% of subscription boxes have entered the market since 2017 itself. Um, you know, and this means that there's more than 3,500 subscription boxes available today. Uh, not all of them are, you know, small or mid-sized brands, but even giants like Amazon, Target, and Walmart are getting in on the action. Um, but you know there's this chance of saturation so what would you say is kind of your key differentiator in this model well let's talk about the subscription space i mean i I don't think the subscription model is going away it's basically represents a sort of new modality of shopping um and it's you know the overall space is growing significantly i mean let's take uh Food delivery, for instance, food delivery was uh, one billion dollars. Uh, the market size for um, subscription commerce for food delivery was one billion dollars in 2015. It's right. projected to be ten billion dollars by 2020. So the overall yeah. base is growing massively. And um, when it comes to our differentiator, I mean, we we really try and listen hard, um, but not only listen, act. Um, and act all the way up the supply chain. 
like it's uh, the box has migrated from just being a curated box to a vertically integrated box where if you come on and, and vote for the, the trends that's setting, we'll actually put those things into production with our strategic manufacturer. So this is really a democratic brand where, you know, unlike traditional, um, you know, fashion space where you've got a buyer, all powerful, attending catwalks and um kind of deciding the trends we actually have our uh, data and our customers decide the trends and we go into um, manufacture those outfits so i think that's a key differentiator for us um and it's a key differentiator but both as a customer facing um, aspect of our business but also operationally it helps us uh, eliminate a lot of waste um, in how we produce because we don't make clothes that we're not sure people are going to absolutely love and consequently much fewer clothes end up in landfills Right. Actually, that's fantastic because my next question to you was, you know, um, around sustainability. Uh, you know, there's a big focus on sustainability these days and people now want to know where their clothes are made and if they're made responsibly. Uh, and I see that you guys have brands like Tiki and Manduka and Niyama Soul and a few others. So are your shoppers also actively looking for sustainable brands? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, yoga and mindfulness and environmentally consciousness is also sort of uh, intermingled, a lot of our brands um, take a very forward uh, thinking stance on this, not only in the materials, but in the um, uh, quality of the uh, uh, supplier. What I mean by this is, when they when they're working with factories, they're making sure that they're fair and equitable, and um, you know, so they take a very very fair stance on that as well. Um, generally speaking, I think that um, there's been a, sort of a lot of fragmentation in the marketplace, and you know, there's been the Tom's effect where people want want a brand to embody more than just looking cool. You know, right. they have to they have to stand yeah. for something, and um, increasingly. Uh, people expect a very high degree of sort of personal connection with a brand, um, right. you know, not necessarily a sort of mass appeal, but much more of an individual appeal. Like this brand speaks to me in its outlook. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think this is true of uh, the yoga market, it's true of a lot of markets, and increasingly it's true of the way that the younger generation is shopping, um, putting a lot of focus and attention on this, which is which is awesome. Right. You know, you said something interesting about sort of, um, you know, shoppers really being able to connect with the brand. Um, what have you heard from your customers about, you know, how they feel about shopping at Yoga Club? I have to keep reminding myself that, um, you know, we've, we're very, very big and we have a lot of customers that love us. Um, right. Because you know how it is uh, online. Um, I'm actually one of the responsibilities uh, that I'm in charge of is uh, customer service. And we're very, very active in, in listening on the social media channels, listening on, on, on all of our reviews. And, you know, there might be a 0.001% of customers that are unhappy, but they, they speak very loudly. And um, it's super important that, you know, we truly hear them. And um, we seek out information good and bad to try and move at the speed of thought and address people's concerns by constantly evolving the the, the business so i'm appreciative of all my customers i'm appreciative of all feedback um you know we try and we try and do a, a really good job of not only making sure customers know that we've heard them but you know the most important step which is acting upon that um we, we, we the, the brand has been very well received um we have a four point 
five-ish rating on, on Facebook. Um, we, we've embedded feedback into our business model. It's absolutely oh, wow. cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, we get industry leading feedback on all aspects of uh, the clothes that we put in the box from fit, feel, pattern, style. Um, and we use that feedback to direct our purchases to make sure that we're never um, rebuying from manufacturers that don't have phenomenal ratings. Um, and we're also quick to um react and, and and to take something out of out of uh, uh, the supply chain or to take something out of the curation uh, pool if uh, the performance isn't there so you know um, feedback I don't think is I think the, the best kind of feedback is ongoing feedback where you can especially as a subscription company where you can continually listen continually change continually adapt and hopefully build out a very long term relationship with that customer where you know they try you and that's the biggest kind of leap of faith at first just trusting you enough to try you but then continue to grow with you as they share more about what they like and don't like and we get better at uh, incorporating that and, and nailing it every time absolutely you know um there's actually something very interesting you said about, you know, being able to make better merchandising decisions and reacting faster to what you see going on. We talked a little bit about product sustainability itself, but there's also the business angle. And as a model, the subscription box kind of provides you with the ability to curate based on data and profiles of each individual user. So in some sense, you're kind of understanding them better, possibly, you know, reducing returns and basically making better decisions on what to sell and what not to. So how has technology helped in that aspect and has it helped with profitability? Yes, yes, it has. So um, we, we're, we're a data and technology company that works in the fashion space rather than the other way around, right? So we're very data forward. Um, and that's representative of our team. I would say 50% of our team are um, uh, data scientists and, and technologists. Um, when it comes to uh, the subscription model and what you were saying, I mean, it goes even further than that, right? The fact that the subscription model affords you a stable base of demand, unlike e-com or retail, you never, you know, you can project sales, but you never truly know to the right. level that you of a subscription model. It allows, it allows you to personalize all the way up the supply chain. So we've actually, increasingly, we're moving towards mass customization which is the idea of I'm actually going to go and produce clothing for this particular segment in this particular style. And then that's kind of a virtuous circle that keeps growing. But because I'm personalizing right at the product level, well, that is a huge differentiator and an insulator to churn because people feel, wow, um, you know, uh, not only are they listening to me, I can't get this product anywhere else because we're literally working with strategic manufacturers to create it. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, we're technology is a core aspect of what we do. Um, we really started out by um, on the sort of technology side, using technology to help filter all of the choices that we could make to um, satisfy a customer. And then moving from filtering, it gets into kind of recommending what would what would work for a given customer. And then um, taking broad, broad, broad strokes, we move from recommending to um, uh, predicting and automating. 
So, you know, we're a small, nimble, agile team and, um, uh, you know, using utilizing technology to automate as many processes as possible is a key aspect in, in which we can help from a profitability perspective, you know, reach scale, but still um, stay nimble, lean and mean, but hopefully not too mean. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and in terms of like, where do you see AI sort of fitting in here in depth? Like, uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, a direct and sort of tangible impact that AI has had on your business? Okay. Um, so we use AI in a lot of different aspects of our business. Um, I kind of see AI as a bit like this. If you had five houses to paint in a street, um, we put a top coat on every single house. And if those houses represent aspects of our business, we try and use AI, you know, in broad ways across many different functions and we aim to get a base coat down before we then layer on and aim for perfection you know so um we've at that 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 stage now where we've made a, a pass across a lot of different aspects of a business from customer service to curation to you know automated marketing to um you know logistics there's a lot of different aspects of ai um it's particular but here's the thing with um, what we're talking about here, uh, fashion, um, fashion is still a very artistic and highly nuanced um, field, right? It's the idea of uh, a robot being able to, or, or, or an intelligent um, computer system, right. being, being able to... Um, you know, make an outfit. We're a little bit away from that because of the sort of synergy and the nuanced nature of an outfit. Um, yes. There is a certain, you know, um, je ne sais quoi to use a French word. There is a certain kind of synergy that happens when when it, when it comes together. Um, and and then the computer can't necessarily find that. But what the computer can help you do is take in a vast amount of data that you know about a given user and it can help filter and recommend the field so that the human being picks from a more finite um, selection of choices um, in order to to get it right because there is an awful lot of um, uh, inferred data as well as um, uh, supplied data first party data that that can be brought to bear on that decision and the better you want to be at um, curating the more data you want to bring in but then consequently the more overwhelming it becomes for a human right. curator to kind of uh, ingest all of that so it's it's definitely a partnership between man and machine mm-hmm. and i you know, honestly think that's um, how we're all going to work increasingly in the future. If you look at what AI and programmatic media has done to the media space, you know, or the finance space. I mean, we're, we're moving to this world where half of my brain is going to be a microchip, you know, and the other half's going to be uh, watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think we're all going to work hand in hand with machines, you know, and um, we're going to let the machines do the, the things that it's great at. But, um uh, in areas like fashion and the creative side, we're going to be a kind of holdout. There's a there's humanity is going to last the longest in those kinds of um, work settings. Um, but yeah, we use AI and technology a lot throughout what we call a taxonomy against um, an outfit. Uh, that's a very labor intensive process, and we're looking at you guys to help us uh, do this visually, so that we can get a very rich set of data to work with, to predict from, to personalize from, to filter, to recommend, 
um, things like that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited. Fantastic. Um, you know, in today's businesses, we're kind of heavily depending on data analytics to predict, uh, you know, which of our marketing efforts will give us the highest yield. So tell me a little bit about what you think about, you know, predictive marketing being the new frontier in businesses. Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely is. I mean, um, predicting. So you've got you've got analytics, which tells you what has happened. And then you've got predictive act analytics which are going to tell you what is likely to happen next now the 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 more fluent and effective you are at understanding what's likely to happen next means that the more you can anticipate a customer's needs and if you can anticipate their needs um, you can make their life easier and at the end of the day, we're in the sub subcom space, right? Which is all about convenience. It's all about saving people time. And it's all about, I mean, it's all about, you know, making people's lives easier. So um, we use AI uh, to take our feedback, both um, given and implied feedback, interpret that so that we can communicate to our customers with the right message at the right time at all times. And committing to convenience means that if you think this customer wants to cancel, well, then you let them cancel. You know, you don't try and take the old school approach of standing in the way and making things difficult. Um, you know, in the early days when we were in this business, we thought the solution to customer service was armies of customer service people. We have a fairly big customer service team right now, but we also created a customer love center where um, our customers can go and access anything they need to do on their account, change their frequency, cancel, move from monthly to quarterly, et cetera. Right. All all you know without um without human intervention um themselves easily and quickly and what we actually found by doing that is that ironically our save rates actually went up from a human being because people felt in control and comfortable and um you know uh, consequently had better feelings about the brand if they did cancel and you know some of our mem members cancel you know some of our some of our lovely members get pregnant for instance and then can't fit into their yoga pants for and don't want to fit in their yoga Aww. pants for you know but then come back to us and we found our win win back rate was a lot higher um given the fact that people have this comfort feeling of knowing that it's not a scary subscription that they're going to be locked into. Instead, there's a lot of flexibility and control in their hands. So um, I think that hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, it does. Um, and, you know, in fact, I'm listening to everything that you just said, and that's one part of the customer experience where you're kind of providing that, you know, flexibility and everything. But um, there's also this community aspect. Uh, Yoga Club seems to have a huge community on Instagram. There's like 70,000 followers and it's pretty amazing. How have you built this community and, uh, you know, has social media played a major role in building this sense of being a part of this big fitness community? And is that how you're also listening to what your customers are saying? Yes, um, we do listen through social media. Uh, we also ask for feedback on every single item that we send out. We also do things like a trendsetter survey where, you know, we'll, we'll literally get samples from our brands, put them together on models, ask our um, customers to vote on them. And before um, we go into production on any of, any of them, we look at all that data and make really informed decisions. Again, sometimes using AI to identify um, customer groups and segmentation um 
but um, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we come, I come from the uh, marketing space, the online marketing space, previously right. run digital media, you know, so um, building audiences and um, all that stuff is uh, second nature to me. Um, but right from the get go, we wanted to build a very authentic brand. We wanted to um, build a very honest and open and transparent brand. Um, so yeah, we, we, we do react and listen and um you know work with our customers with, with our social media presence um we built a, a pretty robust uh facebook group called my yoga journey which is completely free and it's a really uh, amazing place online where um women can go and share their yoga journey um we're a, we're, we're a big proponent of, in, of inclusivity um we were one of the first uh, brands to um have extra large uh uh, items in our store and increasingly beyond that we're moving into plus size so um you know the community is amazing it's truly supportive it meets everybody where they're at on their yoga journey um and it's a place where people can you know ask questions get inspired be vulnerable be supported um and that's the kind of level that's that's the true hope of social media right it wasn't just getting kind of you know your junk in your newsfeed every day it was truly about community and i think that's um what we've been able to do uh, and we've been incredibly fortunate with our members um that are so vocal and um caring and supportive and um you know wanting us to succeed i mean at the end of the day we do a very difficult job um we're trying to predict uh, a woman's fashion um who we've never met and um get it right consistently and um a lot of a lot of our customers have been very generous with their feedback very supportive of 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 our growth and um yeah truly thankful for um for for the two way street that we built here with this brand as far as the 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 listening and the feedback and the um community aspects of what we've done i think i think we've succeeded there and I, you know honestly community is a core aspect of brand building these days i mean people are looking for that connection with their brand be it against their core values like you said earlier environmental values for instance um but also about you know they they want brands to speak to them on a very individual and personalized way which is where again coming full circle technology comes into this it's only really possible to be a personalized you know mass curated mass customized brand with the use of technology absolutely so um yeah so i think and, and the subscriptions um, space especially plays nicely with those things um you know when you were talking a little bit about your facebook community it was kind of interesting um off the top of your head do you have like an example of something interesting that's happened in your facebook community or something that you've seen yeah i mean i think what we see is we see a lot of not the perfect instagram supermodel um wearing yoga club yoga clothes for the first time and and struggling to do their poses and just being met with so much love and support that um it it really does fill your heart and actually you know make you feel that you're doing something great as a brand beyond moving clothes but really connecting with people and supporting people and motivating 
um, people yeah. to be brave and get out there and it's you know, relatable. Um, yeah, yeah, and I just you know, and I think that's um, that's a wonderful thing, right? Because um, all judgments aside, you know, being active is a good, healthy thing that you can do for people right. and what people should be doing for themselves. So, if we can help people, you know. Um, build that that base level of self-esteem needed to wanting to take care of yourself and get out there and do it then amazing you know amazing i'm happy to be a part of that yeah absolutely so um we're halfway to 2019 tell us you know some of the interesting things that you're seeing in retail things that you know you believe are really going to blow up in 2019 and 2020 things that are going to completely die down what's your take on all of that well we've seen a lot of Big players in the space, uh, like Stitch Fix going public, Harry's being sold, amazing stuff like that, um, which speak to the strength of this vertical. Um, we've seen some amazing digitally native brands, you know, get big and become sold, you know, get big and get sold like uh, Allbirds, for instance. Um, we've seen um, Amazon take a really strong stance on its subscribe and save um aspects of its business which all speak to the growing recognition and strength of the sort of subcom modality of, of, of purchase mm-hmm. um, when it comes to future trends i think we're going to see um uh you know we, we we're going to see a lot of brands uh, embrace um the fact that not everybody is uh, a size extra small i think we're going to see a lot more exclusivity from brands yes. and a recognition of, of of that um i think as more technologies come online like iot um then there's going to be a, a a continued drive towards convenience um where people want to focus on the things that matter in their lives like their families and uh, hopefully their jobs and um not sweat the small stuff so much and the small stuff they're happy to just um put on autopilot right. and um you know focus on the things that matter so um i think that's that's definitely a trend the trend for convenience is going to continue to increase um i think you know amazon is an amazing company um i love you know, I, I I love that brand. I love what they've done. They're 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 amazingly agile, and they've stayed agile considering how big they are. Um, and what they've basically done is raised the level of expectation for everybody um, as far as what good service is and what people can expect. So you know, I think that's going to continue. I think there's going to you know the, the more and more um, faster shipping. Um, uh, solutions are going to come out so that the you know the, the world's going to continue to become faster and easier and more convenient um, I think those are the big trends and then of course speaking to people personally um, people expect to be listened to and you know they because customers only really know that they're being listened to if you're acting upon that right no good listening to a customer and not actually making the the the, exactly. the right call in business yeah and you know as a small company that can sometimes be a challenge because i don't have the resources of amazon and we're already offering a highly discounted products so we're not like rolling in margin to be able to dole out free this and free that but um we do take a very very long-term perspective to our customers and we are willing to you know make things right uh 
right up to the brink of where it doesn't even make sense anymore, just to take a very long term and and increasingly, you know, and, and a really fair rather um, approach to, you know, making customers happy. Because, um, you know, the, the name of the game in the subscription space and all businesses really, but increasingly the subscription space is, is, is lifetime value. You know, it's, it's all about ex- building a relationship that um, is beyond that hit and run relationship that people have traditionally had with brands through retail or even e-commerce. We're very much about, you know, hopefully being uh, a part of their life uh, indefinitely uh, to make their lives easier and, and, and continue to grow. So, um, you know, I think those are the, those are the big technology trends that I see. Fantastic. That was great. So Dave, we're going to wrap up this podcast with a really quick rapid fire because we now got to know everything that Yoga Club does, but we still don't know enough about you. So here goes. What's your favorite social media to use and why? Facebook, because I'm old. <laughs> really because I love the uh, look back feature and um, seeing my kids when they were younger and all the memories. That's a wonderful, oh, that's wonderful nice. Um, what's your favorite book to read? Michael Dart's Retail Seismic Shift is a is a must read for anyone that works in 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 retail or disrupts retail. Um, so that's the business book and the novel. I read anything by Ian McEwan. I'm currently reading Machines Like Me, um, which is a love story, a, a, a love triangle between um, a, a robot and uh, a couple. Oh wow, fantastic! I'm going to check that one out. <laughs> Tell us, what's the one brand we should all aspire to or a brand that you think has always been super cutting edge and done stuff out of the ordinary? So here's an interesting one. I really love Porsche, right? Mm -hmm. And I love Porsche because it leads by product and it's sort of, it was agile before agile had a name, right? It was all all about iterating and optimizing a design. You look at the 911, how it hasn't really, you know, changed that much. Instead, it's got a tiny bit better and a tiny bit better every month mm-hmm. or every, uh, every every release rather. Um, so, you know, I think that's a brand that's amazing. Um, sticking with cars, I think Tesla is amazing um, and they deserve to succeed. Um, I drove here in one today Um uh, I just think it's amazing how they've sort of said product and R&D is my marketing budget. I've never seen a Tesla ad, um, but they're outsold Mercedes-Benz for the first time. Right. Awesome. Um, and what's the one thing you ensure to do as a leader for your teams? Uh, you see, one thing isn't fair, but there's a few things. Um, an hour a day is something that I promote, and that's an hour of reading or learning a day. The learning is absolutely um, fundamental, and it's what I look for when hiring. Um, someone that's got a eagerness and a willingness to learn because, you know, we live in a very, very fast-moving environment, and learning helps keep it fun and fresh, and you, you basically need people to be able to learn if you want your to- teams to grow. Um, hiring right, I spend a lot of energy on hiring. Um, I think the average is about 280 resumes per position Uh, but you know we take it super seriously i'm looking for people that um know themselves that can look inwardly at their weaknesses and address them and change and grow i mean i think once you've got a talented person that can do that then their potential's unlimited um and then the people that know me know i like to have fun um 
I like to have adventure and fun, even in the workplace. Uh, we, we're a remote team that meets once a week to lunch together and happy hour together and uh, potentially go to the casino at two o'clock in the morning together that, <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Um, so uh, <laughs> having fun is super important, getting stuff done. I don't really care what order we do those things as long as we do both of those things in space. Right. Okay, last question. Give us some entrepreneurial advice for people who are starting out in retail. Um, I would say keep learning, um, stay agile, um, keep leaning on technology to differentiate yourselves, build the, the, the most robust war chest in the, uh, of data and personalization tools that you can for your customers because that's what's going to se separate you from the from the giants out there um prepare for a lot of coming changes um i believe that you know uh, you read the book from from michael dart you'll you, you'll get a sense of sort of the seismic shifts that are at play here with retail and um one way you can insulate yourself against those shifts is by staying current with all the new technologies like you guys, um, learning a lot um, and being and, and, and testing, of course, right? Testing things so that you can so you can adapt to the changes. Um, I think those, that, that's uh, that's what I would say. I would say um, uh, stay nimble and small. Don't build anything that doesn't add exact value to your business. Try and leverage existing platforms that exist out there um, rather than reinventing the bicycle. But when you do have to um, build technology, make sure that you do it with a really solid team and you're future-proofing it as much as possible. That was some excellent advice. Thank you so much, Dave, uh, for joining this podcast and for doing your first ever interview with us. In fact, uh, I really had a great time chatting and I do hope we can connect soon. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Akshara. I really appreciated it. I really enjoyed it. To get your monthly dose of retail, follow the view podcast at view.ai slash blog slash podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you soon. Bye.